At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Listen, Sean's going to call someone out on this podcast. He's about to do the biggest UFC crossover fight of all time. Jake Paul. Dustin Poirier is going to be in his court. Yeah, Jake Paul, come get this. <laughs> Yo, we saying I am Big Zoo, and the UFC have asked me to fire eight questions at some of the UFC's biggest and most famous fans. Our guest today hails from Chicago. He's an Emmy-nominated interviewer. He's eaten the Carolina Reaper. He's the king of YouTube with his show Hot Ones. Yo, we saying I'm Big Zoo, and this is eight questions with Sean Evans. It's about to get hot. Obviously, there's not a lot of people to clap. It's just me and you, but that's fine. <laughs> we got to bring the energy, Big Zoo. Thank you so much for having me. I can see random hot sauce on the back, in the back, on the shelf. What is that? Is that the chosen ones? So, yeah, those are some of the sauces that we make, but they're like the cool versions of them. So we have like an artist rendition of Los Calientes Barbacoa, and we have this like thing that we did with Ford Mustang for the classics. So they're kind of like the super hyper limited edition hot sauces the ones that we make uh it's just kind of like yeah. the little trophy case that i keep around so me. if he was a rapper those are your plaques and those, are my plaques. those are my plaques up on the wall over there exactly what is your first ufc fight you remember watching i remember like in 2010 is when it kind of got introduced to me and that would have been uh like the brock lesnar era and i think the first fight that i ever saw would have been Chael Sonnen and Anderson Silva sometime around 2010. Um, and it kind of started off the thing with the UFC is just sort of like a great kind of get the boys together, order some pizza, get some beer, and just kind of have a Saturday night on the pay-per-view. Um, and then over the last couple of years, it's just become sort of a weekly ritual. You know, if I don't have Saturday night plans, I'm getting that pay-per-view. 100%. What, what was it that you, you liked about that first fight that you saw? Was there anything interesting about the first first card that you watched? Well, what I what I like about all of these fights is that there's always a, a resolution. So I think like with any good sporting event, you know, you have a story that's involved. You have the traditions, you have the rivalries, you know? And in UFC, since it's just so visceral and primitive, it really is like a war. So you have these two guys that for weeks leading up to the fight have been yapping at each other, digging at each other, really setting up this thing where you feel like, you know, when you're watching that the stakes are so high, it's like a war. And then it'll all play out in a pretty efficient way. You know, like there's the pageantry in the lead up, but then when it's go time, you'll just have three rounds or five rounds. So yeah. it has such a quick resolution. And then there's always yeah. just in the most primitive sense a winner and a loser. And then they stack the cards so that you get that sort of experience when you're sitting on the couch five times a night. So I think like once you, once I started really feeling that and understanding it, watching more, being connected to more fighters, understanding more about it, you just fall in love with it. And then it takes a hold of you. Who is your favorite UFC fighter of all time? So, uh, you know, uh, speaking of hot sauce and the UFC, Dustin Poirier, you know, sometimes at, uh, at Hot Ones, there are people that 
we they're just become part of the club. We just embrace them and and you know fall in love with them uh, when we're doing the show. And then Dustin was actually just a big Hot Ones fan, and the way that you know like the Louisiana style came together is he was doing a Hot Ones challenge, and he came across the Heartbeat sauce and loved the sauce and loved the bottle, and he'd been wanting to make a Louisiana style sauce forever, and it all kind of lined up for him. Then we shot the episode, so it kind of came full circle. And then just in being a Dustin fan from the sidelines for a long time, um, he's somebody that I've been betting on and winning a lot of money the last couple of years betting on Dustin Poirier. So uh, <laughs> on a personal level, on a personal level and just on uh, a friendship level and just on uh, a fan of the sport level, uh, Dustin's my guy. I love that. So you, you met him and you, you had to thank him for all the money that he's made you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Got to pay him back. Is he one of your favorite guests you've had on, on Hot Ones? How does he rank in your, in your levels? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, the on an interview level, the hardest nut to crack is the athlete interview. To me, I, I, yeah. I personally find that, like in all of the different genres, the athlete interview is the hardest nut to crack because they already make their money throwing touchdowns or making three-pointers or throwing down dunks or hitting home runs. The only thing that they can do is put their foot in their mouth in an interview and lose a sponsorship. Like there's nothing, there's no upside for them. And the entertainment game showcasing your personality uh, is a way to just keep your star brighter and brighter and brighter. But for an athlete, that's not necessarily the case. They're just trying to make it through this minefield without screwing up too bad, a little bit more reserved, probably don't see the reward on sort of a showcase your personality level. But I find that in interviewing UFC fighters, they're such great interviews because they have that sell my personality kind of thing built into what they do professionally. So um, Dustin, of course, one of my favorite interviews, but uh, we've done a handful of fighters over the years from Ronda Rousey to uh, Kamaru Usman. Uh, uh, Israel Adesanya did Truth or Dab. And every time it's an awesome episode and super positive experience. So the more UFC fighters we can get into the hot seat, the better as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, we spoke about it. You've had you've had a lot of big guests on Hot Ones, and you've had UFC fighters on there. You know, you, you mentioned um, Kamar um, Usman, and then Ronda Rousey. You had Poirier. You've done stuff with Israel. Um, obviously, they're massive names. But did they did did they struggle with the heat? Was that something that you thought they would <laughs> do? Because you know they deal with pain very well. You yeah. Know? And, you know, I noticed this a lot of times with athletes where they're really good at compartmentalizing the pain. You know, the things that they've been through, you know, what's having your mouth on fire with hot sauce. So I remember I can kind of take it through like Ronda Rousey was just country style, just cracking bones, taking it right off, cleaning every wing. And I remember she had this great quote about uh about the spice level being above her preference, but not above her ability. And I love that <laughs> quote. I love that quote. It's like such a Ronda Rousey quote. And then uh, Israel Adesanya, Nigerian. So like he's been there before. Like this is, spice game is nothing new to him. So he was just crushing wings. And I remember just liking, cause he was kind of in his camp. And after the interview, he was just challenging his boys. Like just, we just kept the cameras rolling. He just had all of his boys gathered around eating wings right along with him. Uh, Dustin, Louisiana style, tough guy, you know, and he was handling the wings, uh, some water, some milk, but otherwise making it through. But Kamaro Usman, um, who told me that he was nervous before the interview because he's been so just 
strict and religious about his diet over the last six years that he hadn't had like any spicy food or anything quite like that. So I remember he was just going through it and drinking ice water straight out of the pitcher. Um, I love that episode because it's just such a, such a humanizing experience to see even like the toughest guys get hobbled by hot sauce. You know, hot sauce, that's, that's like true. the fight game, it'll always humble you. My next question for you is, what is your favorite UFC fight that you've ever watched or attended? So recently, and it was so much fun, I know it was like kind of a weird anticlimactic ending, but I was actually at this Poirier-McGregor 3 event in Vegas, and uh, it was the first UFC event that I'd ever attended in person, and I felt like it was the first sort of like post-lockdown cultural event, so everybody was just Mm. out, and Vegas was just on fire, and it was an amazing time, like just one of the best weekends of my life. Um, the stadium, it's just electric. I think just the testosterone that is just permeating throughout the whole stadium just makes the viewer experience of one of these events so crazy. And then, you know, it is kind of taking the place of those big, um, MGM grand boxing events of the nineties, you know, where like now you'll Mm. see all the celebrities are coming and sitting on the floor and it's just like such a scene and so electric. And I remember, you know, just like the lights going off, everybody's sort of like uh, watch lights going on. It's just like that, no, no, notorious. And then like, like the shattering of the glass and the lights go down and stuff. And it's just, uh, it's just an incredible viewer experience. And I can't wait to get out to the next one. Yeah, that's the thing. I've never been to a UFC fight. I've always been gassed to kind of want to go to one. But I, I guess seeing seeing the fight end how it ended, was it kind of like anticlimactical or was it something that you would, did it add to the spectacle? Like the kind of crazy ending, then that crazy interview of Connor on the floor, you know, how was, how was it seeing all of that unravel in front of your eyes? Yeah, I think that's, so I remember because I kind of went back, you know, because it was a pretty uh, action-packed first round, you know, rolling around, yeah. like, throwing lots of strikes. Like it, I felt like, You know, that's how you come out of the gate for an event like this. You know, I was really excited to see how things were going to play out in the in the later rounds. It was just like it felt good. And then Connor went back awkwardly and my buddy Rod, who was at who I was at the fight with, I think he was the first person to call it because he was just immediately like he just snapped his ankle, broken leg, broken leg, just like before everybody. And then you hear everybody because it's just like hanging there like a piece of spaghetti, like. Oh, like the whole crowd, like, oh, and then you did have that just uh, wild post game, which was almost like a fight in itself. You know, it, it gives that same sort of uh, primitive visceral, just gets those juices flowing in the exact same way. Um, you know, I guess on a personal level, like, you know, bet on Dustin, wanted Dustin to win. Dustin won. That's all good. Would probably like to see those guys just like bang it out a little bit more. Obviously, I think that's like what everybody wanted to see. Uh, but overall, it's like, you know, he he got out of there somewhat unscathed. Um, probably, you know, it's going to have his title fight next. And maybe there's like another McGregor event around the corner. And I'm just, you know, down to watch the rest of the ride wherever it goes. Who dealt with the heat the worst out of all your guests? And why was it DJ Khaled? It was absolutely DJ Khaled. Uh, that's legendary. And that was so early on. So it's kind of crazy to think that we've been doing this show now for, we're about to wrap 15 seasons, a couple hundred episodes. Wow. I remember, yeah. And I remember maybe the fourth or fifth shoot that we ever did, DJ Khaled tapped out after the third wing. You know, like we've had people tap out once they t- tried to bomb. They're like, I'm over this. I-, I can't do this anymore. And that makes sense to me. But the third wing DJ Khaled tapped out, and it's become 
such a famous episode and such a part of the Hot Ones history that I'm I'm forever waiting for somebody to tap out on the second wing or the first wing. <laughs> you know, like really kind of uh, beat that Khaled mark. But I'm sure, you know, we could do this show for another six and a half years. I don't think anybody will ever hit that Khaled line. I think what I love about it is the memes that come out. Obviously, there's the meme of Khaled and, and reacting to the wing. But there has been some crazy memes that come from Hot Ones. You know, you got you got the Idris Elba one where he's going, the one with Shaq, but his eyes look absolutely mental. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> did you ever think that these like super international memes would come from your show? Like, did you ever feel like these kind of moments that would live on through past the show? Did you ever think that that would happen? No, no. You know, when we first started the show, we didn't even have really big dreams for it. You know, we kind of thought it would be this internet sideshow that would go on for a little while and and fizzle out. We loved the idea and, and wanted to take a chance on it. But I think what ended up happening is the audience, it was so cult early on, like the same people were showing up for every episode. And we kind of thought, all right, well, if we shoot an episode of The Celebrity Guest, when we put the episode up, their fans will flock to the video. And then the next celebrity, their fans will flock to the video. Then the next celebrity, their fans will flock to the video. But we discovered early on, this is the same people showing up. You know, like they were watching it obsessed like Star Wars fans or something. So um, that really motivated us and pushed us to not only have this unique concept where we're interviewing celebrities over increasingly spicy wings to break them down over the course of the interview, but also when something went off in our heads that's like, you know, really, we need to dial this in and make this independent of the wings, a compelling, uh, technically excellent interview show. And then if we can combine those things, then we'll have something really, really special. And it was the fans that were showing up that really motivated us to do that. Because how are we going to keep raising the bar for them? Like, how are we going to keep scratching that itch that they're trying to scratch if it's just a wing challenge with famous people. Um, so that's really what pushed us to do it. And then you see when, it's a, when it hits scale, when it breaks containment, when it gets big, you see these moments that are kind of like shooting stars in the constellation of pop culture, the Shaq face, the Paul Rudd meme, um, the Idris Elba one, which is probably my favorite. But me and Paul Rudd actually <laughs> talked about it afterwards, and you can never predict when that'll happen. Like I asked him, I was like, uh, I ran into him a couple months later, and I was like, Dude, this look at us, who would have thought? And he and I'm like, did you think that that was going to be a thing? And he goes, no, I didn't even remember it the second that I walked out of the studio. Like that was, it was not like, oh, that's going to be the moment that gets huge. But mm. people watch the show, they find something funny about it or they find meaning in something. And then they elevate those moments. And in some cases, like the Paul Rudd one, make those moments bigger than the show itself. And I just think it's like such a privilege and an honor to be involved in something like that where it becomes kind of a mantra or like rallying cry i saw in graduation like so many people right like look at us who would have thought not me like on their caps and stuff and that's really special to me but i could have never ever seen it coming i wanted to speak to you about your new collaboration u2s you know you can get your own figurine what is this whole what is this whole collaboration <laughs> You know, I, weird things happen to you, you know, like when the chicken wing talk show breaks containment, you know, from like uh, Saturday Night Live sketches to Emmy nominations and now an action figure. So uh, we have a, a Sean Evans action figure that we're doing with U2s. Um, and if you want to pick one up, you can get one at shop.firstbeefeast.com. Would go great on the shelf alongside the uh, the hot sauce plaques. 
my next question for you is if you was a fighter, a UFC fighter, what would your nickname be? I mean, I, it's, I think it's very easy. Just like the sauce boss works, you know, the sauce boss just kind of works. Like sometimes I think like when I was a kid and I was watching WWF, I thought about like, what kind of wrestler would I be? And like the idea that I always liked would be like a, a magician, you know, doing magic tricks and stuff like that would be my gimmick is I'm like a, a magician doing magic tricks in the ring. I always thought that would be funny, but you know, don't run from your brand, you know, don't run from your identity. <laughs> everybody knows you as the sauce guy. Don't put your foot through a Picasso, you know? So I'll just, I'll just ride with that. And I'd be the sauce boss. Well, obviously, you know, you and Dustin are cool. Is there any chance you could ever get some UFC training and, and see you in the octagon? You know, I, I I try to, you know, because you do the show where you're eating fried chicken and hot sauce all the time. So I do take the fitness and my diet outside of the show uh, seriously, especially over the last couple of years and hitting the gym all the time. But you know what? Just doing the nine, ten lifts and then doing some cardio, that gets boring, you know, at a certain point. So uh, I'd be down to go in the gym and check it out. And you've seen a lot of, um, you know, like comedians like Theo Vaughn or you, musicians like Wiz Khalifa. And then even now you see so many people from the YouTube and internet world going into the fight game. So there must be something intoxicating about it. So I'm definitely down to go in the gym and learn some things. And at the very least, you know, pick up a little thing here or there to be able to defend yourself should ever you need to defend yourself. And uh, I, I'd be down. I haven't stepped in the gym yet, but I'm curious about it. And I'd, I'd be down if uh, I'd be down for an open invite. Listen, Sean's going to call someone out on this podcast He's about to do the biggest UFC crossover fight of all time. Dustin Poirier is going to be in his court. Yeah, Jake Paul, <laughs> come get this. That's his hands. Question number six is, if you could call out anyone to have a fight with in history, who would it be? Yeah, I think I'd go with Mark Zuckerberg. You know, like, I, you know, I think... You know, you you wonder what did what did social media what did it do to the world? Zuckerberg, positive influence or just a, a, a pox on the whole on society as a whole worldwide? You know, so um, maybe I'd like to test that out. And uh, and listen, when I was if I'm running through my head, I haven't I haven't gotten into the gym yet. So you know, like uh, I, I, there's not a lot of people that I can beat up, but I think I have like a coin flip shot. At Mark Zuckerberg, so I'm always Zuckerberg. <laughs> I love that. Take down Facebook. Yeah, yeah. With, 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 with straight, the source boss. Rearrange your Facebook. <laughs> I mean, that is like the happiest trash talk we've ever had. <laughs> Our final question for you is who is the GOAT? So who is the GOAT in your industry, in the food interviewer space and then who is the GOAT in UFC? Let's start with from your world. Um, you know, I think there's an episode that we shot with Gordon Ramsay. He was the most requested guest ever in the history of the show. And that video right now for like a long form interview has something crazy, like 90 million views or something like that. And it just grows and grows and grows and grows Mental. every day. It's like a fever dream or something that came to life um, in a real way. And uh, so I would have to say Gordon Ramsay is the king of Hot Ones Mountain. It's like a episode that's almost bigger than the rest of the show itself. And then, you know, you can't on a goat level in the UFC, I think you got to go Amanda Nunes. Like she's just every time she fights, 
dominates um, and looks really unstoppable. I remember um, that Cyborg fight from a couple of years ago. Like, I remember just Cyborg having this this larger-than-life sort of uh, coming over to UFC and is going to kill everybody. And she was just like, everything, just landing and, and chopped down that tree, no problem. And you see everybody else kind of afraid to fight her, not wanting to take that fight or being like, you know, I have the belt now, but you, you can have it back. You can have it back. I just don't want to fight this chick. So I think with, with her, it's, it's hard to argue against that. Um, but you know, we'll see like if John Jones, you know, like he's kind of had this decade long sort of invincible, uh, shield around him. But I think Amanda Nunes for just pound for pound goat. What would your fantasy UFC matchup be? And that's literally any fighter in history versus any other fighter. What would your like fantasy UFC fight be? Well, I think that this uh, the matchup that I'm I'd be you know I'm just kind of dying to check in on, and and it's been something that's been floated for a while, and sounds like it's inevitable. But it's this Francis Ngannou versus John Jones fight. You know, I, I think when those two meet up, John Jones has had this you know decade long plus just dominant uh, record, but the way that Francis throws those bombs, you know, like that, I think that'll be a real test and not something that anybody would be on the, want to be on the other side of it. So I think that really tests John Jones and it's that sort of uh, King keeping his throne or, or passing on the crown kind of moment that makes me fall in love with the sport of UFC. You know, like that's what I really appreciate about it. And I think that's like a peak version of that. We'll see how it goes if the fight happens, when it happens, but when it does, I'll definitely be tuning in. Oh, one million. If that fight happens, it's going to be absolutely crazy, you know? One of the greatest light, light heavyweights of all time versus one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. I feel like that is a fight that everyone wants to see. Well, thank you, Mr. Sean Evans. This has been absolutely amazing. You can watch Sean forcing celebrities to eat hotter and hotter chicken wings on Hot Ones, which is the best show on YouTube, if you didn't know. It's airing every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern time on the First We Feast YouTube channel. I'm Big Zoo. I'll be back with another famous UFC fan very soon. Make sure you like and subscribe and check out all the previous episodes. Mr. Sean Evans, thank you so much. Big Zoo, thank you very much for having me. Cheers. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.